The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.
think of Jim Barry Farmers as the closest. From Mel and Nola's son-in-law, Sam. To Ariel's boss, Lord Ed, it's a terrible disease. It is a reminder that this world is broken. We thank you, Lord, that you are the God who brings restoration. Ultimately, spiritual restoration is what you desire. So, Lord, we pray and ask that you look with favour upon these families today. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity the church has had to give towards the shoebox appeal. And, Lord, we want to pray for those who are going to receive the shoeboxes from our church and all the other places as well. Lord, we pray that they will hear the truth that you love them. And through that this expression of love from people across the other side of the world, they will come to know and respond to the gospel message they hear. Lord, as we come to your word now, Father, we just pray that your Holy Spirit will open our eyes to see and respond to your gospel in our Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray these things for his kingdom's sake. Amen. Could you imagine not knowing that you were blind? Could you imagine that being unable to see, but not knowing that you're unable to see? Living in like an endless nighttime, never to have the lights turned on. Could you imagine that? The closest most of us might get to that sort of situation is maybe when you're, um, you're in a room and it's getting dark and you're, maybe you're reading, you're really engrossed in what you're, you're doing, you're playing a video game or something like that. You're so engrossed that you, you become unaware that the sun is going down and the room is getting really dark. And possibly the only time that you, you become aware is when a parent walks in. They're like, Turn a light on, will you? And they flick the light on and your pupils react and they say, wince. But then as, as your eyes adjust, you then notice that there is more in the room than what you're aware of. You notice colours. You notice you can actually see the words on your page properly. The Bible tells us very clearly, friends, that if we haven't had our eyes open to who Jesus truly is, then we're living blind and we don't even know it. And we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 this morning and here the Apostle Paul shows us that. If you've got your Bibles, please turn there with me. If you don't have a Bible, I've got a few down the front here. Feel free to come and grab one, or I won't be offended if someone gets up in the service and comes and grabs one. Uh, if, you, if you don't own one and would like to do that later, by all means, they're here, they're free to take. If you don't have anything in front of you, I'm going to put some verses on the screen behind me, so you're welcome to follow along in that way. 
Apostle Paul wrote these verses that we're going to go through this morning to show people that if they don't know Jesus, they're living blind and they're not even aware of it. He opens the, the passage of Scripture by reminding the people that he's speaking to, people who are believers in Jesus from a, in a city in called Corinth, he reminds them that what he shared with them, what he told them, what he proclaimed to them was the truth. It was the plain truth. And we see this in verse 2 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul says that we've renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. We speak the truth plainly. Pure gospel, says Paul. Nothing false, no false promises, no sleight of hand to trick them into believing something that wasn't true. If, if this was a movie line, you might say, we told you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. A true gospel would be like a cup of black tea. Or maybe if you're a coffee drinker, it might be like just one shot of espresso straight up or a long black. Nothing else added, no sweetness. Nothing else to make it palatable. It was the gospel, plain and simple. And what was the gospel that Paul had preached? Well, in 1 Corinthians 2, he says... The gospel he preached is a Messiah, a Saviour, a King who is crucified. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you. I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know, to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Friends, Christians follow the crucified Saviour. As Jesus himself said in Mark chapter 8, he called the, the crowds to come, up, come to him, his disciples, and he said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Jesus wasn't on his way to a military victory, a political victory. He was on his way to die and he says, if you are following me, you're going to be willing to do the same. A life following Jesus is not one that is separated from the reality of this world. It's not separated from the mess of this world. It's not separated from times of joy as well as suffering. Times of health as well as illness. It's not separated from times of plenty as well as times of need. And if you're expecting something different, then you haven't accepted the true gospel. 
You're not following the crucified Savior. You haven't seen Jesus as he truly is. It's like your vision is veiled. And that's what Paul says in verses 3 and 4 of 2 Corinthians 4. So even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Now, the one described there as the God of this age is Satan, is the devil. And he blinds the mind or, or veils the vision of all people today. He does this so that they cannot see the truth. And most likely when we think of a veil these days, we think of what a bride might wear on her wedding day as she walks down the aisle with a piece of a fine cloth that covers the face. And I guess it adds some mystery to the day as you're watching your bride come down towards you. Oh, is, is it who I think is? I haven't done a little switch. Had a close look at all the bridesmaids and said, no, nah, she's not amongst them. Now, my wife has, since our wedding day, my wife has shared with me that, that the veil that she wore on our wedding day was actually a hindrance to her. So we, we had some nice mood lighting and that sort of stuff to create the scene. But what the lighting actually did was got caught in her veil to the point where it was like just a blinding screen to her, and she couldn't see through it. She was oblivious to the handsome man standing waiting for her. Actually, now that I think of her, her reaction when I lifted the veil, it was, no, no, I was happy. It was all good. But she was blinded to the truth of what was in front of her. She needed her dad to really lead her down so she didn't veer off in any way. And that is what it is like for so many people today. And if you haven't trusted in Jesus, that is what life is like for you. You are, you are blinded to the truth of what is in front of you. But people aren't blinded because they choose to be. They're not blinded. Be, they don't reject Jesus because they choose to reject him. They don't reject God before they choose to reject him. No, they choose to reject him because they are blinded to who he is. See, the God of this age, Satan has put a veil over the world's eyes. You can read about that back in the very first book of the Bible. And he do, does that through deception. He deceived way back then. He's been deceiving since, and he deceives today and will do into the future. And some of the ways that he deceives us today, some of the ways he blinds our eyes, our minds to see the truth of who Jesus is, is that he deceives us into thinking we don't need God. We're pretty self-sufficient here, aren't we? 
Most of us have adequate work. You might say we don't really need God to maintain our life day by day. What, what concerns us mainly these days is lifestyle, isn't it? The quality of life we might want to achieve. Most of us have got enough. And we've also got insurance to protect that, don't we? Life insurance, house insurance, pet insurance. Satan deceives us over and over again to believing that we don't need Jesus. But friends, everything in this world owes us existence to God. Paul says in Acts 17 that he himself, that is God, gives everyone life and breath and everything else. Life is dependent on God. Don't be deceived into thinking you do not need him. Another deception of Satan is that he'll try to deceive us into thinking that God will not satisfy us. That God is not enough. We all want a good life, don't we? We all want a life that has meaning and purpose and joy. The, The devil deceives us into thinking that the good life a life of meaning, purpose, and joy is not found in Jesus. It's found in things like pleasure and power. And so like a dog chasing a ball, over and over we seek satisfaction in things like sex and relationships, things like drugs and alcohol, in possessions, all the stuff we can get. We seek satisfaction in leisure. We're deceived into thinking that status and a sense of achievement will satisfy us. Or maybe just having enough coin will give us satisfaction. Friends, these things might promise freedom and satisfaction, but in practice, they bind us and enslave us. See, rather than satisfying us, they actually give us insatiable need and desire to have more. No amount of money will ever be enough. You'll never be satisfied with it. No amount of pleasure will ever fulfill what you desire. You'll be forever chasing something to be achieved. Ever chasing and trying to maintain that status you have. Maybe there are some of us here today that still find ourselves deceived in this way. Maybe as you think about where you're at right now in life, you're thinking, yeah, 
really am bound and enslaved to my desire for more, to earn more, to be satisfied in all sorts of things. Well, friends, in, in John chapter 6, Jesus miraculously feeds thousands of people. He doesn't do this through a, a food bank or, or something like that. No, he does it through a child's lunchbox. Thousands of people fed through a child's lunchbox. And after he does it, he says this. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus is saying, I am the one who will satisfy your deepest and most fundamental needs in life. And he proved it through this miracle that he is the only one who can truly provide what we need to the point of satisfaction. Is Satan deceiving you into thinking that God cannot satisfy Or maybe he's deceiving you into thinking that you are not lovable. Maybe he's in there making you think that there's something about how you look, the way you've been put together, that's not worthy of love. Or maybe he's got got in there and got you thinking that there's something about your background that means you're not worthy of love. Or maybe some decisions you've made, some mistakes you've made. Maybe he's in there accusing you, saying, see, because of that, you're not lovable. You're not worthy of love. But friends, plain and simple, that is wrong. Is that a God loves you to death? For God so loved the world that He gave. Is one and only Son. That whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Have you been deceived into thinking that you are not lovable? Friends, that's a deception of Satan. Jesus loves you. Or maybe you've been deceived into thinking that Somehow you need to earn your salvation. Some, some way you need to be good enough to be accepted by God. Live a perfect life. Don't break any of the commandments. Keep all the religious rules, all the ceremonies. If you do that, then you'll be good enough to be accepted. Well, look, friends, Romans chapter 5. Paul says these things. He says, You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for who? The ungodly. For the not good enough. 
Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Friends, if you're thinking you've got to do something to earn God's favour, to be good enough to be accepted by God, well, clearly you've been deceived. Jesus didn't die for the perfect. He died for sinners. So that is what we all are. make ourselves good enough. We are powerless. But praise God, He is powerful. See, God accepts us on the basis of Jesus' goodness. Of His laying down of His own perfect good life and dying in our place. That is the basis that we are accepted by God. There's nothing you can do to be good enough. Friends, are you suffering this morning from a veiled vision? Have you been deceived into thinking you don't need God? Have you been deceived into thinking that He won't satisfy you? Have you been deceived into thinking that you are not lovable? Maybe you've been deceived into thinking that you need to be good enough for God's approval. Let me tell you this morning, we don't have to go another day living blind to the truth of who Jesus is. God can lift the veil so that we can see who He truly is. Verse 6, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. That reference there, the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, the reference to God's creating work right back in the beginning. Let there be light. So when someone comes and trusts in Jesus, God once again goes about his recreating work to bring light into darkness, to have light shine into our hearts so that we can see Jesus as he truly is. He brings life to that which is dead. We've seen that this morning. Friends, only God can take the veil away. Only He can make the blind see. And He does that through the powerful work of His Holy Spirit. When we put verses 4 to 6 up side by side, there's a beautiful stark contrast between the work of God in verse 6 and the work of Satan in verse 4. 
just going just to dwell a little bit on, on the last part there of verse 6. The knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus Christ. Is that the knowledge of God's glory is His goodness. His very essence. It tells us that who God truly is is seen in the face of Jesus. Not Jesus' face as you might see in a portrait hanging on someone's wall or in a painting in a cathedral somewhere. God's face, His presence, His character, who He truly is, is seen when we look at Jesus Christ. Colossians 1 tells us that God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in the Son. There was nothing left out. It was full, filled to the brim. The fullness of who God is is there in Jesus. But how do we, who live in 2023, see Jesus today? We see Him most clearly through His Word, through the Bible. In Mark chapters 6 through to 8, I'd encourage you, if you don't have a Bible, there's one here you can grab. But sit down and read that chunk of Scripture through and see who Jesus is there. There we have Jesus showing his compassion to people, healing the sick, providing for people's needs, standing for the truth. Declaring that as Saviour, he must suffer and die. If you're willing to pop back a, a chapter, just to the end of chapter 5, you'll see him raise a dead girl to life. That is who Jesus truly is. That is the God we serve. Glenn Scrivener says this he says, Jesus is a doctor for the sick a liberator for the oppressed, a saviour for sinners. As we look at Jesus, as the Bible reveals him, we are able to say, that is God. As we see Messiah, Hanging on the cross. For the sin of the world, we can say, That is God. Have you seen Jesus? Is that how you understand Him to be? Friends, if you can't see Jesus, then you're living blind. Don't even know it. Well, today we might say, what well, now you do? There's no excuse for living blind anymore. Remember, friends, only God can lift the veil that is covering your eyes. And He will. 
you surrender to Him, if you ask Him to show you who He truly is, lift the veil so that you can see the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, are you willing to do that today? Or are you comfortable with him I would urge you. Know that Jesus wants to lift the veil from your eyes. Only he can. He wants you to see that he loves you. He wants you to see that you don't have to be good enough to be accepted. Jesus is good. It's the only one. He wants you to see that only He can satisfy you. And so I urge you today, come before Him. Ask Him to lift the veil so you can see Him as He truly is. Duncan's going to be waiting over there beside you after the service, just in the, the corner there. And if you would like prayer, if you would like to talk to someone about how to do that, that is something available to you. Or maybe you'd feel more comfortable talking to someone who you know. Friends, there's no excuse, there's no reason why you should leave this place without having your sight restored. Let me pray, but do not leave without doing something about it today. Our loving Lord and Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for coming and entering our mess, living the perfect life because we cannot. We thank you for seeing us as we truly are, knowing that we are sinners, that we are people who have rejected you, and yet you have died for us. Father, I thank you that you have not left us in our sin, in our separation from you. But you have made a way and you are calling to us today to respond, to ask you to unveil our eyes so that we can see Jesus as he truly is. And we thank you that you promise that if we do, you will forgive us. And you will graciously save us so that as Sarah shared earlier, we can stand blameless in your presence. Lord, so that we might be able to see Jesus face to face. Lord, I pray that your spirit will be at work here today. Whether that be in, inside these four walls or whether that be someone else in their own living room watching this this morning. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will be working in life. Show us that we are living blind. And lead us, I pray, Lord, to have our veils removed. I pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and for His sake. Amen.
Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.